Getting in touch with our feminine sides this week. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Discussing English Dan's hygiene products. Uh, <laughs> lovely pink bar of soap and, and ladies' deodorant. He's it's got not pink, that is, that is violet. It, <laughs> yeah, let's say. Okay, sure. That's a lot more man. Microsoft skin. Yeah, then it's relaxing, you know, I can take a nice long soak and. I know you've really been serious about wearing the pink t shirt, though, which me and Joel were discussing yeah, I thought, a couple of days ago. Yeah, we were talking about it, I think, on the email thread or yeah. Twitter or something, and I thought, you know. Well, we'll get on to exactly why we were discussing pink clothing um, in a few short minutes, listeners. But first of all, allow me to introduce, first of all, English Dan, since you've heard his voice already. Good evening. Uh, secondly, Australian Dan. Hello, good evening. Um, and uh, finally, uh, uh, long last for his second, is it? Third. Third, third, third <laughs> appearance on Hand of Pod. Welcome, Mariano. Hola, buenas noches. Uh, who's Agen Previews on Twitter. I'm Sam Kelly, of course. Uh, as as always, um, <laughs> wasn't that one time where you went somewhere? <laughs> yeah, no, possibly. I think I remember. Don't know who you were, but yeah. wasn't feeling quite myself. Um, anyway, last last weekend we had, uh, uh, as we mentioned at the time, the fewest number of goals in just over a decade um, in the top flight of the Argentine league over one round of matches. And this weekend things have returned to normal somewhat. We've had twenty Twenty-eight, yeah. of course. Yeah, I, I saw twenty-two, but that was before the last couple of matches of yesterday's. Um, we haven't had a single nil-nil. I think we've only had one-one-nil, which was Estudiantes' win away to oh. San Lorenzo. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember that. Sorry, yeah. Have yeah. To this is exactly what we've got Mariano here, of course. Um, only for that. Yeah, no, for other things as well. <laughs> okay. You know, so. where, where should we start? Gentlemen, we've got three people who went to matches and all. Let's start with uh, San Lorenzo because I was interested to hear. Uh, oh. I didn't see the match, so tell us about how they played. Really, really awful performance. Roman Martinez goal for Estudiantes. Yeah, well, well it, was, it was a lucky goal, but they were a fair win, I think. Yeah, it was a smart finish, but it was. Yeah, I, I think the difference was uh, tactical. I mean, Estudiantes uh, uh, controlled the midfield. You know, they put five people in the midfield, three defenders, and they controlled the game. Uh, San Lorenzo is. Still building a team. Uh, Martin Rode debuted after, I don't know, maybe three practices because mm, mm. there was rain all week and uh, almost no team was able to uh, make practices, mm-hmm. tactical practices or something. And, and it was obvious that he, he doesn't know his teammates. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he, he even knows the name of all of them. And that was really obvious. And, he, he knows his retro shirts though there was a photo of him in, on the Olay website a couple of days ago with a really nice 60s style San Lorenzo oh, yeah. <laughs> retro that's, shirt that's uh, not bad but, yeah. um, but so I, think I watched the game as well and I thought you know obviously for San Lorenzo it was a very very disappointing result and we know that they're down in their relegation fight and they've really got to start picking up points especially at home but I thought with the Estudiantes it was 
really nice to see uh, Roman Martinez who who scored the goal for him and it really looks like he's coming and we've talked a lot about him especially for Tigre and we thought he was one of the best players in the Clausura definitely but you know he's coming and he's been given a hell of a role to fill he's basically mm. doing the Juan Sebastian Verón job which you know obviously Verón loves to kind of drive forward from deep and really build the team and from what I saw on Saturday it looked like Martinez is really trying to do the same kind of job and yeah, coming was- up you know I'm kind of happy for him that he, he scored, obviously, president no, of the company, yeah, except for Mariano. Um, but he, because um, after the first couple of matches, he was kind of, he, there were people saying, you know, he's taking his time to get into it, yeah. which is only to be expected, uh, particularly when you have a, a club with a system as uh, stable as a Estudiantes, yeah. that when somebody new comes in, it does take them a couple of matches to get to get up to speed. Oh. Um, but the first goal now suggests that he's, he's going to start maybe taking off from here and that themselves. I think this. Uh, I was telling Dan before we started recording that there's a big difference between this San Lorenzo and this Estudiantes. Estudiantes had only two new players: uh, Angeleri, who returned from mm. not playing at Sunderland, and uh, Robert Martinez. When yeah. San Lorenzo had five new players and Role, who, like I said, almost didn't practice. Uh, you need time to to build teams. It's impossible yeah. to. To build them in a, in a few days. Yeah. Uh, Basically, what's happening in uh, San Lorenzo at the moment? It seems really, really familiar for, yeah. for me. Uh, being a Racing fan back in in 2009, I believe it was when Caruso came into Racing as well and saved them from the promotion, saved them from going down, and then did exactly what he's done at San Lorenzo this year. You know, asked for five, six new players, and then realised that wait a minute, you can't just pick yeah, a whole new team and do badly. I think uh, in that uh, tournament he lasted about eight games well, and then well, except he, was he shut up. He hasn't realised it, has he? Cause he's still well, he never realised it. No, but he should realise it. But, but San Lorenzo needed, needed new players. Uh, there was no, no question about it. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of players leaving, a lot of useless contracts. Um, there was no other option than to make some kind of rebuilding. But the problem is that there's no time. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, uh, there was only one month uh, pre-season, and San Lorenzo, uh, no team played uh, friendlies. So what? <coughs> no, that, that's true. Actually, there were a lot of teams only played sort of one or two, and they were all against fifth division. Yeah, but sides yeah, or yeah, that's, that doesn't uh, count. As a no, precisely. This is. Well, San Lorenzo did play one against with a camera. If I yeah, I played one, but yeah. use all Classic. reserves because, for <laughs> example. Uh, Jara, Sagualursi had yeah. signed hours before that match, yeah. uh, so it was useless. So that's, those two uh, didn't play so well this, this game? Because I, I, I can't remember if it was their first game or their second game, but I saw them and they seemed to be doing quite well. But. They, they didn't play bad, but uh, Caruso himself said that they were completely separated from the rest of the team, mm. and that's the main problem. So well, we know that Rolla is a good player, so yeah, give him a week or two to uh, to, to fit in. But yeah, the problem is that, like I said, there's no time. It's <laughs> you know, yeah, with these short tournaments, you, you spend five weeks getting adapted to your new team, and by that yeah. stage, you're off. People, yeah, the is, race. Yeah. people is really anxious. Uh, I mean, yeah. I was at the stadium. I tell you, I stay calm <laughs> at the stadium, but people is crazy from the first minute shouting uh, when something doesn't work, and and the truth is that Caruso now has two, three games. Uh, yeah. Pick this up. What do the rest? Uh, what do San Lorenzo fans in general think of Caruso Lombardi? Uh, most fans don't like him. I mean, he's from the start, or just uh, sort of from the start. Yeah. From the start. But it was like there's no other option. Uh, 
months ago, some months ago, so breaking, there's no other option. But the problem is that those that still don't like him don't know who can yeah, help. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've read Maradona. <laughs> Come on, please. Yeah. Maradona or Gorosito, but nah. There's no other option. I think you should be given time to build a team. So there are two things really, Mariano, that I wanted to ask you. The first is, is how you're now. Uh, feeling after these first three rounds because we were trying to get you on before the <laughs> season started and, and I made a kind of joke about laughing at San Lorenzo's pre-season um, yeah, on Twitter which, and you quite correctly pointed out to me that they, they on the face of it appeared to have reinforced really well with their, the new players yeah. who have come in I still think that there's good material but we need time and <laughs> there's no time <laughs> sure and the other thing is which we've kind of been holding back on mentioning San Lorenzo too much until you were here because you'll be able to, to tell our listeners in much more detail but about some of the the reasons that I wanted to make fun of San Lorenzo <laughs> and, and the pre-season some of the institutional shit well, that's been hitting the fan all over the, the club right they're, they're in a Chaos. worse state of anything than say Independiente they are with with what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's um, worse than independent. Well, different, f- different games. There were presidential <laughs> elections at San Lorenzo later this year, right? Yeah, no, the pres- the, yeah, there will be presidential elections in two weeks, September 1st. Oh, that's two oh, weeks well. in ten days. Yeah, and it's always who will win. There will be three lists participating, but it's obvious that the Tinelli list <laughs> will win. And uh, San Lorenzo's political problems exist in... I can't remember. I mean, I, I've seen... Uh, magazines talking about it in the 50s yeah. or 60s. <laughs> you know, where you have three Samaritans of fans, you have four political lists. That's the joke. <laughs> no, but, uh, List uh, for English speaking okay. listeners, it, it's like a party. I political guess, party. Guess, yeah, party. Ah, right. party, party kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you could say list like a ticket or something. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's good. Ticket, Okay. Well, or party or whatever. I mean, but there were also fan protests after after the uh, escape from relegation, weren't there? And yeah, there was a uh, problem was that uh, the president had to resign. <laughs> mm. What if even if we were in second division or first division? Uh, I mean, obviously he wanted to do the best, but uh, yeah. he he couldn't do it. Because uh, what was the story really behind his resignation? Like, what kind of foresight? Well, well, he, almost before, <laughs> he almost dies. He almost dies. He had a heart attack that, that same day of the protest. Uh-huh. No, not a heart attack. Oh, yeah, sorry, but yeah. yeah, he was yeah, at the hospital. Awesome. He wasn't there, and he was. Uh, I have sources that told me that that was true. I, I thought at first that okay, he's at the <laughs> Caribbean, <laughs> you know, at the beach or something. No, no, no. He he really he was at the hospital hmm. for real. Wow. I mean, uh, too much pressure. And no, there were press conferences where there were people coming into the press conferences and shouting abuse at him. Yeah, like I, I know one of threatening him physically. I know one of the people in the board. You know that he was a president candidate in the previous elections, and now he he's completely out. And uh, he told me, no, no, he saw him when he was almost dying, calling the ambulance. No, no, it was sort of. And well, the problem is not only the, the debt, the big financial problems because every club in Argentina yeah. has uh, that kind of problem. The problem is that uh, he doesn't know how to manage the, uh, a club. Mm. I mean, uh, he didn't change anything, everything was even worse, and, you know, all the dirty business inside the club, and if you have such big financial debt, you need to clear that stuff. And he never 
even try because he couldn't, not because he didn't want to, but because this, he could. This presumably is what Tinelli is running on. Um, we mentioned Tinelli last week in, in kind of passing. I compared him with Simon Cowell for the benefit of, of UK and American listeners, especially. Um, it's kind of big media mogul, but it's sort of Simon Cowell, I guess, combined with somebody who owns or wants to own one of the biggest football clubs in the country as well. Yeah. But um, he's a fan. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a, a fan. fan. It's not like that. Like, no, I mean, yeah, in the, in the 90s that. when he was still building his TV empire, he was already a Lorenzo fan, and when we won the championship in 95, he was talking about it all the time on TV, so he's a true Lorenzo fan. The problem is how much free time he has to take care of the club in Argentina needs 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't just uh, go work on TV, have your TV show, and then work two, three hours. So that's why he's not the president, right? Because he will be an important it's part of the board. I believe he's yeah. going for, yeah. Matthias Lamens is going yeah. to be a, he's a young guy, and he's going to be the. And tell us what the, the most famous San Lorenzo fan was, was saying during the week, and he was having a fight with Caruso. Oh, yeah. Vigo Mortensen. Lord of the Rings. So, of great fight. If, if you had to choose one of the two to, to be helping to run San Lorenzo, would it be Tinelli or would it be Vigo? No, no, if, I think, Vigo, I think Vigo, Vigo. Who do you think is, is richer? Who do you think is richer? Who has more money? Vigo or, or Tinelli? Ah, Vigo. It's got to be Vigo. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he earns money. Yeah. US dollar, right? <laughs> oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Vigo. But, I mean, uh, I think Tinelli is more capable of management <laughs> than Vigo. He's just an actor. You know? Tinelli's here as well. Isn't yeah, of course. Vigo might be the more popular choice, but if he's in Los right. Angeles but, or wherever. All but when he had this argument with Caruso, uh, most San Lorenzo fans I know were on Vigo's side. So basically, he said like you can't win anything with this squad, right, or something like. Not that. With this squad, with this tactics, right? Yeah. Right. That was after the Belgrano game where San Lorenzo played all defensive to try to get a point. Yeah, and that game more than anything was inexplicable. I remember watching it. It was just like they just now his idea it seemed to have the advantage, but it just didn't seem to like yeah want to yeah, go well, forward. His, his idea was to play the first half. You know, defensive, yeah. hold Belgrano, and then attack, uh, attack right. them in the second. But in the second minute, they <laughs> receive the red card, and that's it. <laughs> that was there was no plan B for no. that. <laughs> he reminds me of, of Harry Redknapp in a way. I remember towards the, la- the end of last season when Spurs really started to fall off a cliff. I saw a lot of comments along the lines of, you know, Redknapp's playing some matches where it's almost as if he's deliberately telling his players to go out and play poorly so that he can make the points to the board that this summer he needs to spend lots of money because that's what he likes to do. And Caruso, in some ways, is, is uh, similar. Let's say. Yeah, I, I, of course, he didn't do it for the same reasons, but uh, he, he said that his idea was not to lose in the first five rounds while he's building the team. And then, OK, the team is supposed to start playing better, but... Well, <laughs> he lost that week. Brazil uh, Estudiantes was his first home defeat since he started working yeah. at the club, so it's not that bad. But the problem is that the team played almost didn't have shot at goal. So. Whereas the team that uh, Ricardo Caruso Lombardi left last season to join San Lorenzo uh, obviously ended up getting promoted even without him. We're talking about Quilmes, and are now joint top of the league yeah. after two wins and one draw so mm-hmm. far. Um, impressive 2-1 win over Union yesterday even without Caneo yeah um, and with a fantastic free kick from centre back isn't he 
No, I'm just uh, right back, I think. What, Pablo Lima, yeah. Pablo Lima, thank you. I was, I was getting the name. Um, one of, of three brilliant long-range goals in, in the Argentine <coughs> League this weekend. Um, did anybody catch that much? No. Yeah, so it was a good performance by Kilmer. So, hey, good win. It was a fair win, I mm. think. Uh, they didn't play as well as against Boca, probably. No, uh, sure, but that's going to be a high point that they're going to, I think, probably struggle to match up to of course. for the rest of the season. But they're off to a cracking start in, in terms of the Promedio as well, which obviously is the the big thing that links both them and San Lorenzo both are going to be relegation rivals this season mm-hmm. um, not necessarily if Kidman's yeah. take 25-26 sure, exactly. yeah. I mean at least for let's say the first 10 matches they're, they're going to need to get yeah. that far and yeah. to keep the run up before they can really start claiming that it's not the case um, uh, another side of course who, who got a good win and who are similarly relegation candidates uh, River Plate um, five goal thriller against Tigre can't remember saying having too many of those during Rivers last season in the Primera um, raced into a, a 2-0 lead and then got pegged back and ended up winning 3-2 um, anybody want to provide a more neutral perspective on that I didn't be, uh, uh, waiting to hear your match analysis well I'm, I'm first of all going to probably shock everybody by once again giving a good pat on the back and a well done and well played to Rogelio Funes Mori who uh, didn't score but did finish the match with two assists uh, the goal scorers were um, the kid whose name I've forgotten, Daniel Bichalba, who came in to replace David Tresegay, who's about four foot three. Do you uh, want to say something about Bichalba? Because maybe a lot of our listeners won't know much about him. He really no, came into uh, he came into the limelight. What was it about two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine? Was yeah. really good, and then he had problems with injury. Like he's, I don't know if we said much he's about him. Twenty one, twenty two, I yeah. think. He almost um, went to a boys. Uh, yeah, he did. He almost left. Um, he, he wanted more playing time last season, but he did. He played the Copa Argentina, so in fact we did mention it because he scored a couple of. I think yeah. it was two goals in as many rounds against. Did he score against San Lorenzo in the quarterfinal? And then the I match before that as well. Yeah, yeah, I think he, did. um, he didn't. He missed the penalty against Racing as well. Yeah, in the semi-final. Yeah, right. he, he replaced David Tresegay in the round of sixteen and in the round and in the quarterfinal um, when Tresegay was substituted. He came on and scored late on in both matches. Um, really, kind of lively player. I can't see him ever going to Europe just because of how how yeah. absolutely tiny he is. He makes Diego Bonanotte look like a giant. Um, <laughs> wow. It's terrifyingly small. Do you know how tall he is? Uh, a two or something three, yeah. no, I think you're right I think he's about 5'2 five, 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 I think like say compared to uh, Maxi yeah. sure well the best um, about 160 yeah. centimetres 158 maybe he's a major yeah <laughs> I think the first time I remember I went to see uh, Riva Independiente one of the first matches I saw when I was in Argentina and both him and Buonanotti were playing and I thought they were two ball boys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I thought they were like club mascots or something because they were so tiny. They, was, um, they're actually playing. The the best example I can think of to, to talk about how small he is is that we were discussing exactly this on, on Twitter yesterday with uh, Andy Brassel and, and Joel Richards said that uh, very few footballers who, who Joel has met make him feel like a tall person. <laughs> um, Joel, for the benefit of listeners, uh, is not especially short. No. But he's, let's say, I think he's shorter than all of us who are sitting here at the moment. Um, but he says that uh, Vichalba is one of them. Um, but he's a fantastically talented player. Uh, he opened the scoring and then the second goal came from... God, I have forgotten this one. You're a new goal? Yeah. 
Oh, it was Carlos Sanchez from a far post header from Rocket Funes Maurice Cross. And then, right at about 23 seconds into the second half, Manuel Lancini scored to continue what's been a very good start to the season for him. So, River now have six points. And Orban scored. Lucas Orban, the law of the X, as they call it in Argentina, this kind of. I guess in England the nearest thing would just be Sod's Law that you sell a player and then they score against you the first time they play um, so yeah uh, Lucas Orban who was let go at River because Matias Almeida didn't think he needed a left back and then realised that he did need a left back so now we're playing a centre back in that position <coughs> and I've heard last night that they're trying to get him to Europe Lucas Orban now before the yeah right, or this season I don't know where, but if Tigre get any kind of money for that transfer, then River are going to be feeling very sorry given the whole. <laughs> no, I, don't think, I don't think Tigre kind of thing. can afford to lose him now. But who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, Luna, yeah. Luna for Tigre. Yes, he did for, for River. I think River brought him on late on in order to try and cancel out or bans. Right. Gone to, to try <laughs> and get on the road against, yeah. against Tigre, and he hit the crossbar from the edge of the box. Um, but that was a, I have to say, a much more entertaining match than I was expecting it to be. And I, again, I can't help feeling sorry for Tigre because they've had three league games now where they've not played badly in any of them. I think the other night against River was probably the worst they played. Um, and they've still got no points at all to show for it. They, they've managed one win, but that was in the Copa Sudamericana against Argentinos Juniors um, last Thursday evening. Uh, 2-1 if I remember rightly yeah. Um, and yeah well I think uh, every game that we're talking about now I, I keep thinking back to what Mariano said before we started recording what he alluded to earlier is that it really has depended a lot on who everybody's played up till now because uh, and, and there's some there are actually some pretty poor teams in this well like teams that are at a much lower level than others in this championship whereas usually you get all these random results you can never really tell what's going to happen we were, we were saying even during the second half of last season with the the National B um, title race going so close and with four teams who were playing nice football it was enjoyable to watch and all the rest of it that it almost seemed like the gap between those top four at least in National B and the bottom say yeah. half to maybe even two thirds of the Primera wasn't all that, that big um, and although obviously in the end Instituto and Rosario Central both failed to come up they both ran their, tie, their playoffs pretty close um, Rosario Central, of course, uh, particularly. Uh, they got two draws against San Martín de San Juan. Um, and, yeah... It, it, I just yeah, I think I some like of the... Anybody can... Well, I think some of the, like, it's, it's... Let's look at the table again in, in three rounds, and mm. it's going to be a lot more indicative than, than what we're seeing at the moment, because, yeah, there's certain teams that I think this season are going to be pushovers. Uh, yeah. yeah. For example, Tigre had to play against... Estudiantes, River and Boca. Yeah. Yeah. So, very, very different. Uh, obviously, uh, I didn't think that they were going to get uh, zero points, but uh, they have a tough schedule. Yeah. Yep. You'd say from that, looking even before the season, if they took two points from those three games, they would have done well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Whereas, uh, from River's point of view, I guess the loss to Belgrano on the first day, but since then they've won against Estudiantes and against Tigre, yeah. which both away. And, and neither of which are bad this weekend is going to be very interesting we'll probably talk about it in a little while they're playing San Lorenzo in their first Clásico of the season um, the other matches that we were at Australian Dan first of all we're going to give it the slow build up to the game that English Dan was at um, was at Venice Southfield against Lanús saw one of the fastest goals uh, by which I mean the velocity of the ball travelling into the net in recorded history yeah incredible that goal and um, well the 
there was another, the other goal this weekend was uh, Newell's uh, and Skokot scoring. Uh, uh, the the, the Lando score was from a free kick. I couldn't really enjoy it at the time because I was, oh, I was sitting in the Velez section and was trying not to sort of shout out when I when saw it going. Oh, cool, that's what Actually, I was taking a couple of tourists with me, and like one of them was a 12-year-old boy, and he actually did shout out, and I thought we were going to get bashed, but no, no it was all right. Um, so I sort of couldn't appreciate it at the time, but yeah, I watched it again, and it's quite incredible. Sort of one of those uh, free kicks where the guy lays it off. As he was running up, he sort of stumbled, yeah. <laughs> managed to recuperate and uh, to recover, and then, and then smash it in, just absolutely, yeah, smashed it, um, which was, and the same happened with Skoko was, uh, for, for Newell's was... Uh, just long a long kind of kick over the top, which he... Yeah, from out on the, on the right, on, on the wide right, and just, uh, I put a, a little poll up on Twitter to ask who people thought, which one was the, was the harder... Kick and I think Skoko ended up getting them all votes. But uh, the thing with the thing with the Skoko one was that there was the element of surprise as well because because with the Lanús one it was a short free kick um, and you're kind of expecting sure that, that that to happen. Whereas Skoko's was the way he was sizing up for it. He thought he's going to take another touch or two, bring it inside, and then maybe try and hit it on his left. And it, it, where you expected him to just bring it down under his control was when he shot. And it was one of those ones where it looks. It, it's physically impossible but it looks like it's actually speeding up and it was just dead straight didn't sort of I don't know didn't dip or anything it was just ab- and straight to the top left hand corner and you think it was a fair win for Lennon's yeah I well Vela's I was going to say about both sides I don't see either of them really competing this year they both were quite disappointing uh, Vela's just sold Hector Canteros today as well yes I saw that um Admittedly, might not be that much of a loss. He's not no, they don't use him that much. In any of the match day squad so far this season, probably because they knew they were going to sell him. Right. No, what it, I what think it's he carrying an injury. That's yeah. why he hasn't played so far. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. No, what, I, what I, my impression of Bellas was that again they looked fairly well structured and they, they sort of controlled the the game to some extent, but they really lack. They've got Insua as their playmaker, and he's I don't know how old he is, but he's. He doesn't have the energy to kind of do all that much, and they don't have two thirty-three. Yeah, they don't have any strikers that really would. Well, they've just signed Facundo Ferreira, which is an excellent signing because uh, it was just what I was thinking. They needed yeah. they needed a striker and they needed uh, some sort of playmaker or some sort of midfielder. Yeah, when you say just signed for listeners' benefit, we mean today, like this afternoon. Yeah, I don't know if it's officially gone through. Or, uh, I think it's it just has, yeah. yeah. Okay, so but you say yeah, it's uh, on paper it's a fantastic signing, but it's also a big risk, you know, the kid's 20, 21 years old, so, and he's, he played well in Banfield, like, I think we have a question about this later, so we can go into a bit more detail, but I think I was just reading on Ole about the transfer of the comments from Banfield fans, and they were, like, not particularly displeased to see him go, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but, we can, yeah, we can resign to letting him go as well, which is something yeah. that's been scouted by, yeah, I mean, by Barcelona and Yeah, like, he, so. he probably hasn't been that prolific in the last couple of years, but, He's playing for a terrible team. And exactly. Yeah. yeah the problem is that uh, he obviously wanted to leave, so that's probably yeah. why. Yeah. To why say Vaz didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, him in the club. Lanús. Yeah. They they were opportunistic. They took their chances better than Vélez. But uh, again, I don't see them doing all that much this year. So both teams were fairly disappointing, actually. And Lanús having got at least uh, a morale-boosting win, um, their next. Match this weekend is at home to the Racing, mm-hmm. who got a morale boosting one of their own, and this is the final game that, that one of us was at English Town. Yeah, it was a fantastic victory. I was at the game at the ungodly hour of eleven o'clock in the morning yeah. on a Sunday, <laughs> and there really was before English Town starts uh, 
waxing lyrical I'll, I'll butt in and just give a, a neutral perspective there really was no way that you could say similar to what Ozzy Downs just said about Lanusas when it was uh, Racing could have won by five and it wouldn't have been an unfair result yeah I think you'd have to go back a long way I mean it's a shame Sebra isn't here because I'm sure he could pluck an example out from 1987 or 1989 <laughs> yeah. but I think you'd probably have to go back further than that very possibly yeah <laughs> but yeah it's hard to remember uh, Classico that Racing won so comfortably it was 2-0 against Independiente of course um, two goals from Jose Sand who opened his account for Racing after a pretty pretty difficult start you know obviously we talked about his two missed penalties against Rafaela in the first round then did a balance early after the second one as well yeah and then so yeah it was just a very very good performance by Racing and let's yeah let's be sincere a pretty shocking one from Independiente like I don't know if it's that they just didn't want to play or they weren't allowed to play by Racing who yeah, were very kind of controlling throughout but yeah, they also played the second half with the men yeah of course yeah Claudio Moreira yeah. Rodriguez was sent off what, about just under 10 minutes yeah, before yeah. half time he, he was yeah. thinking that he was still playing for Boca he had a Bombardier special but if he was using the Boca jersey that wasn't probably yeah. second yellow but but then that yeah the sending off was basically um the merit of the kid we spoke about last week as well, uh, Ricky Centurion, because he was the one that, you know, he just tormented the independent defence for the whole game, I think. He didn't set up the first, but he gave, like, the pass that led to the assist, if that makes sense. He mm. let in Gabi Alcia down the right and Alcia crossed for sand. And then he was the one who gave the cross for sand for the second. And, yeah, he just uh, really, really looked... Quality that did a marvellous piece of skill on uh, to beat Santana. I think it's like a bicicleta, I don't know what we call it in English. Sorry, bicicleta. Sorry, I was thinking so like, like that thing uh, by Ronaldo. Like a, yeah, a, a lot yeah, it's sort of, yeah, a lollipop kind of thing. Yeah. It. it doesn't have a name in English because uh, yeah, it's not really common in England, right? No, it's <laughs> yeah. lollipop is, is the, uh, but a lot of English people will also probably know it as the pedalada from the Brazilian. Yeah, as well. along those lines, and yeah, he was fantastic all the way through. Really, him and Alche, the, the two that stood out. Alche as well, yeah, and it's a funny thing with Alche because I'd probably. Uh, you know, insult Alche's mum more than any other player when I go to Racing Stadium I find him such a frustrating useless player to watch at times you know he runs without thinking about where he's going he wastes balls he wastes crosses but it's bizarre one thing about Alche yeah. two of the, mo- the more famous players in recent years in Argentina for that both have very similar sounding surname <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alche, but the thing about Alche is he always comes alive when, when we play against Independiente he does yeah yeah he's got a Wonderful record He's against a big game game player. For yeah. one I remember, yeah, he was a man think, of the yeah. match at the uh, Classico. I was at a couple of years. Yeah, ago. he scored a couple of them. Yeah. at least, and he was, at least yeah, for one. Really, those two players, Centurion and, and yeah. Alche, were, were setting up all the chances for yeah. Sun. And, and then you've also got uh, Vichar, who had an, another very fine game. You know, very, very strong in the right, and he also uh, was intelligent as well. Him and Centurion were switching wings all the way through mm-hmm. and really unsettling the independent defence and. Yeah, Racing defence very good game. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Very impressive, Ortiz, yeah. It was uh, the one black spot is talking of the defence. Exactly, yeah. Chino Sahas, Sebastian Sahas uh, injury, right? The goalkeeper, yeah. yeah. Took the ball back from a back pass and was about to boot it down the field when he, I, I don't know why, he kind of turned and he's yeah, basically he's what happened is, um, his, his left calf. Yeah, he took, an, he took quite an awkward back pass and he was supposed to kind of uh, dribble around, I believe it was Rosales. Mm. 
and in doing so he kind of went too sharply and yeah pulled or tore like a minor tear in I think his left thigh or something yeah. along those lines and, and he's just um I mean, he, he just stopped playing and passed the ball out of play and then lay down. And yeah, <laughs> although he did come back on the pitch when uh, Racing won. He came out to celebrate <laughs> yeah. with the team, which meant they had two goalkeepers on the pitch at the same time, which is quite funny. But yeah, it looks like it, it could have been worse. I mean, he's going to be out for two or three games. For three weeks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll miss the, um, the Copa Sudamericana clashes against Colón and he'll miss the next game against Lanús, which is a shame, but... I would um, say that when he went down, we were thinking the absolute worst. Being Racing, you know, winning two 0 comfortable in a Clasico, like it had to be like a, yeah. a torn Achilles tendon. Or so, tell us about the, the goalkeeper who replaced him. Then uh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> uh, Jorge Oliveira, who's been there for a long, long time. He was the uh, starter before Saka came, and he's not the most popular person uh, around Racing. Yeah, I never thought he was awful. He's just a very you know, he's never going to win you a match and yeah. he occasionally lose you one as well. <laughs> he's just not particularly... And Saka is such an important part of, of he's a, Well, he's a captain. He's a captain now and he's just yeah. he's one of the best goalkeepers. In you see, every game that he comes, you know, he gets singled out for applause from the Racing fans. You know, obviously he comes out to practice before all the players come out on the pitch and he's always given a standing ovation. And yeah, he's just absolutely adored in Racing. He's basically thought of as the reason why... Last year was pretty comfortable promedio-wise instead of mm, fighting it. He was absolutely key in that year we finished second under Simeone. Absolutely. And yeah, it's... And just it's on, a, on Centurion, uh, he's played, I think, six games in total in Primera. Um, yeah. He's played the three this year and I guess bits and pieces in the last season. He played, and I think he played the last two or three right. yeah. at the end of last season. And he's already receiving... Offers from yes. he's got offers from uh, yeah apparently Sporting there's Lisbon. one from Napoli and Napoli, one from yeah. Sporting Lisbon about five million euros but I'm telling you, if the Racing directors sell him now I'm gonna set fire to him <laughs> <laughs> no if they sell him now it would be absolute madness so. yeah all the indications are from Racing are that they're not gonna sell him no. but um, and this just like, I mean like sell him for five million now or wait a year and you sell him for fifteen million I mean you know yeah sure you know how it is the uh, Independiente before we get off the subject of the Classical together are now uh, bottom are they not of the Promedio yeah something which caused yeah. great mirth to the Racing fans sure. I don't know if you saw the the ghosts in the stands oh, we also uh, Fantasma yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, this was a, a great win for Racing not only for their own morale but also because they, they've sent Independiente into even more trouble in the relegation table than they already were Independiente has another derby tomorrow they have to play at Boca in the Copa of course yeah yeah I forgot about, oh that is tomorrow isn't it yeah, it's right. Wednesday evening about and they before, failed to seven. score now in their first three games so. right Mm, they are the only team that still didn't score a goal yeah. and Boca are the one remaining club of the big five that we've not mentioned yet so um, we'll get on to them now they beat all boys 3-1 in La Bombonera mm-hmm. and as ever it was a win that they completely and totally deserved and was utterly, <laughs> utterly indisputable um, and as the River fan I'm now going to sit back and let somebody else explain why I'm being uh, ironic so that nobody accuses me of bias I think you're being a little harsh they, they, there was it was was it 1-1 when the uh, it was 1-1 when, it it when all boys had a perfectly good penalty turned down or was it offside no they scored they scored it, it was, it was incorrectly ruled offside very incorrectly ruled offside yeah well I, mean, I think Boca edged the game so and they end up yeah in the end the edge is it's one of those situations though where it was about what 10 minutes before half time yeah and you think a goal at this stage changes things and Boca's second went in 
two minutes before half time, I think it was. And the third um, one was two minutes in the second. Yeah, in the second. Sure. Uh, still, I think they were. No, I think they were the side. Even uh, you can't say one hundred percent that a goal. Like if All Boys had scored then, then Boca wouldn't have overturned it. But yeah, it's this kind of thing that always seems to happen at the Bombonera, especially. Uh, we had Miskiavi um, who could have easily been sent off. Oh yeah, yeah, he was doing his impersonation yeah. of the what's the, the the guy who won the gold medal uh, in judo. <laughs> the Taekwondo guy. Like yeah, the, Chris Manich. Chris Manich. Yeah. yeah, he was doing his Chris Manich impression. Like. Yeah, kicking the shit out of people basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Like, I was like, how are you so unbelievable? The unbelievable. Uh, the referee was uh, stopped for one round, but yeah. How did uh, we spoke last week about Nicolas Bordiso, the poor man who had to play a friendly with Boca's reserves in Miami? Yes, I said Miami. Last you also said Nicolas. Wednesday yeah. night. Oh, you didn't oh, know. Oh, <laughs> Thank you for picking me up on that before we carry on. Uh, Guillermo Bordiso, uh, Nicolas's brother, hence the confusion, um, and who, after playing that friendly in Miami against Honduras, which Boca B or C lost 2 0, immediately. In fact, he was, he was subbed at half time so that he could get on a charter flight during the match back to Buenos Aires um, to, to play his, his debut for Boca competitive debut um, during this, this all boys match um, and how did he go? he scored with his <laughs> very first touch I think indeed yeah. um, which is the game and he's I think he has something like 14 goals in Primera all of them with his head Good. and he scored on debut for every single yeah for was it every, every single one or is it all but one Didn't no all but Roma when he played for Roma he scored but he scored for uh, Porvenir which is a fourth team division team uh, he scored for Rosario Central, Arsenal, Boca, yeah, and the Argentina national team. Mm-hmm. He played, I think, a friendly, uh, one of those yeah. local players' friendlies, and he scored a goal too. So, if you're a betting man and, Nicol- <laughs> and Guillermo Bordiso um, gets transferred from Boca to elsewhere <laughs> in the next year or two, you know what better place uh, for the first <laughs> yeah, Of course, it's, it's received a lot of hype over because uh, his brother, Nicolas, was a, was a Boca player, of course. And, uh, uh, and also because Guillermo almost went to River. And that's right, yeah. This is one of the big transfer sites. It was never going to happen, and he was always preferring to go to Boca. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, good for him. Um, and, well, yeah, another good game for Sanchez Mino. Mm. Uh, he played the whole game this time. He. he Started largely due to Walter Eriti's injury, which Eriti picked up last last Thursday. Um, and yeah, Eriti, I think he's going to be fit, not for the Sudamericana game on Wednesday, but by the weekend at least, is, is expected to be fit. And it's going to be a tough decision, perhaps, for Falcioni, because yeah. you'd have to assume Sanchez Mino is going to play again against Independiente. Um, probably by the time most people are listening to this, Sylvie did play. <laughs> yesterday against Independiente but then again can you see Falcioni leaving Riti out no, the thing about Sanchez Mino is he's very very versatile so he can almost play almost anywhere you can play uh, left back right back uh, anywhere on that I'm not sure if Clemente is injured well the thing is that they, Clemente is, is a doubt for, for Wednesday's game I think it will fit by the weekend but they, uh, Falcioni himself has been talking about eventually when, when Sanchez Mignon does break through properly he's probably going to play left back so much because yeah. Boca have got all of these brilliant left midfielders they've still got Nicolas Colasso to come back from yeah. from injury who's, who's bro- broke a leg very early in the, I think it was very early in the class sorry it might have been even very late last year but he's going to be coming back before too long so you kind of know where he's, where he's talking about but at the same time you think Hmm. He's, he's such really a, he's an amazing, amazing attacking player. player. He can do so much stuff. Uh, just 
like really really quick dribbler uh, just he, he gets forward like he offers yeah. drive and uh, as well he's good at spraying passes like he's set up okay, three or four goals in the last few games by like playing the, the, the little ball out to Clemente or somebody yeah. to, to cut in including uh, Santiago Silva's second Bocca's yep. third um, the one he yep. celebrated as if he'd just won the World Cup <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead of scoring the third against all boys yep He's um, a passionate man. The other match, I'm trying to think of any other matches we've not yet covered this weekend, and the one that really stands out, uh, not just for on pitch shenanigans, is Colón's 2 2 draw at home to Belgrano when Belgrano were 2 0 up after 10 or 11 minutes. Um, Colón fought back and drew 2 2 to keep up what's been a very impressive home record all year. Uh, and there were 11 minutes or so of stoppage time because Belgrano. Difficult to say that all of them were Barra Bravas, but let's put fans in inverted commas because it's stretching it a bit, I think. Um, started causing a lot of trouble late on. Turned out afterwards, I think they were very upset because apparently Santa Fe police had sort of turned a blind eye to a bunch of Colon fans. Yeah, basically it's, ruining it's one of those situations the situation. It's hard to tell, but it seemed to the, the general consensus was that the Santa Fe police were yeah. acting like cunts. Uh, uh, that, uh, Santa Fe police have a quite bad reputation. So Santa Fe, well. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Santa Fe Rosario, with, yeah, right. exactly. including Rosario. Yeah, exactly. Especially, Especially Rosario. In yeah. Thing, yeah. But there's something between you know Cordoba and Santa yeah. Fe. It's a big rivalry. Yeah. Um, uh, Belgrano's goalkeeper Juan Carlos Olave ended up I, he's since denied that he was actually sort of taken back to the cells against his own will he said that he was he was giving a statement to police but it, it, basically the, the fire service and the police turned a water cannon on and, and started firing rubber bullets at some of these Belgrano fans right behind his goal uh, this was with about maybe 88-89 minutes played or something um, and Olave's response was to try and run over to them and, and tell them to stop Stop with the water cannon, stop firing rubber bullets. Part of the fence had been taken down by this point, whether by Belgrano well, fans he, or he by. He punched the fire. Oh, did he do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not right. only he yeah. told them yeah. to stop, but also he punched yeah. one of them. Um, yeah, sort of one, yeah. And yeah, you know, I mean, he's, he's uh, of the opinion that firing rubber bullets into a, an angry crowd is not the best <laughs> idea when you're trying to contain. Well, it's had anger. It's the Belgrano fans, like, players were also doing the thing where they were trying to calm the, the crowd down. Um, the Colon players were getting pissed off at them even while they were doing that because they were saying why weren't you doing this half an hour ago when this has all started to build up and now you do it uh, yeah. so it was all absolute chaos and the great thing with Football Paradox is that we got a, a guy with a microphone on the pitch recording all of these conversations yeah. which is why we know exactly what was being <laughs> was being said on the pitch this well and the game wasn't suspended no no, no really playing no, after 11 <laughs> wait on yeah. um, I'm guessing I'm going to guess because it was a draw at the time I, I reckon if Colon had been Winning when it had happened, the ref would probably have called it off and said, "Result stands." Yeah, or maybe <laughs> because it was Belgrano fans causing causing the trouble. Um, so that was the other really noticeable. Uh, I think we mentioned uh, Newell's. Oh, we mentioned uh, Scorco's goal, but Newell's yeah. beating San Martín de San Juan, and I think Newell's the team's seventy minutes with ten men, yeah. and still beating San Martín de San Juan, and very comfortably as well. They they still control. Which, which really, I mean, San Martín has something like sixty percent of possession, but Newell's yeah. finished up with about five times the number of shots on goal. As mm-hmm. San Martin had. Um, are, are we now of the opinion that Facundo Saba is a, a dreadful manager, or do we? Ah, he's, he's got, got a horrible. Team. I think he's got a horrible team. <laughs> no, I think he's got a long. He's well. got a long coaching career ahead of him, but uh, yeah, he's not. Hasn't got much to work yeah. with there. If you are for absolute Saba. miracles keeping him up in the first place last year, right. yeah. it's not going to get any easier for him now. If, if you are Facundo Saba and you're listening to Arnold Pop, <laughs> so he speaks um, English. He, he does. Exactly. Yeah. He played for Fulham. Um, 
then then we're still very much behind you and, and you have a no not really foot. not me you don't like him no no, no I just you, want San Martin to go down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need San Martin to go down so <laughs> because you're a San Lorenzo yeah of course it's wonderful if Salah is listening no, I'm talking, talking about the teams that are at the top of the table, some of them perhaps uh, not not necessarily with merit so far, but I think Newells are one of the ones that yeah, will definitely think, be there at the end. I think Colón potentially as well. The form they've shown at home, not only in these first three games, but throughout. And if, if they can just improve well on that away form a bit, they're going to be there or thereabouts. As well as Racing, you say they're going to be oh. there or thereabouts. I think Racing, because they have so much potential to improve, yeah, Racing mm. definitely... This is the impression I get. I, you know, <clears> I hate to make any sort of positive predictions about Racing because it always blows up in my face. <laughs> <laughs> it seems, yeah, the team's getting better week by week, so... Nobody's mentioning Godoy Cruz. I, I think if they can stay healthy, yeah. uh, I like uh, Ramirez, Castro, Anobolo, Atalanta, and Castillon. I like them. They got a 2 0 win with Maro scoring his first goal since moving yeah. from Belles against Rafael. Rafael. That's the right. thing, again, we say, who they played so far. <laughs> all boys at home on the first round, too. They got a draw with after all boys have just got off the plane right. from Venezuela. But that game, Cambiaso had a. Great match. That's true. Yeah, Cambiaso was. was uh, they won at Santa Fe, where Union was undefeated or something like that this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. they won one year. This season, maybe. <laughs> this, this season, yeah. <laughs> no, no, this year. This yeah, year. Yeah, still, yeah, I think Union are. Well, Union are always very really hard to beat on their own. I have, so, I have to say, in my, in my Hong Kong write ups for the weekend that's coming, I have said that I'm beginning to suspect Godoy Cruz might be back, but I'll be very surprised no. if they can put together a championship. No, 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 not championship, but I, I like how they're playing now, and I think mm. that if Ramirez, like I said, Ramirez, Castro, you know, the ex Rafael yeah. player. No, I'm not so sure. No, I haven't been that impressed. Olmedo, Olmedo has been playing. Olmedo is always a good player. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Okay. We'll see. Um, are there any other results that we've missed so far, gentlemen? The one thing we haven't mentioned, although English Dan did hint at it in pointing out the, the kick-off time for the Abeshenada Clásico, was the, the delays to kick-offs uh, this weekend because we had rain that would put the, uh, the flood that Noah built the ark for to shame. Um, over not just Buenos Aires province but of course over, over the Argentine litoral the, which in Spanish literally is shoreline but in Argentina refers to the area between the rivers Paraná and Uruguay Corrientes province Santa Fe Entre Rios which meant that the Colón match which was supposed to be played Friday evening ended up being played on Sunday and also, the uh, the Avellaneda Clásico was supposed to kick off at two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, and ended up kicking off at eleven in the morning on Sunday. <laughs> I'm still wondering why they did it at eleven in the morning because there was no match at, at one o'clock. So Football Paratodos could have comfortably shown that at one yeah. pm. I don't know. I'm not going to try and. And it can't be security issues because it was originally scheduled for two pm on Saturday. It ruined Dan's social weekend, social life on the weekend. Oh no! Yeah. Well, yeah. He he didn't go out on Friday night. He was telling me because of of the early start on Saturday. (laughs) Then I stayed in again on Saturday because I had to get up at half seven on a Sunday, which is basically unheard of unless you go to mass. You have to get up at half seven on Sunday so you can fit in a couple of hours drinking before the game. I'm assuming. Actually, I went sober. Like after the game, I absolutely ruined myself. Before the game, I was nice sober as a judge. A few days without drinking, it was, it was pretty impressive. 
I'm, I, I'm impressed to hear it. Um, we're now going to play some music, and we will come back in a few minutes with your questions. There aren't too many of them, or at least there weren't when we started recording <clears> this week. So well, there's a couple of good ones. I like. I think there people are yeah. uh, now getting the idea of quality over quantity. <laughs> Uh, on, on that note, we, we shall. We'll be back in a second. questions this week but as English Dan's already said they're, they're very high quality um, I'm now raising an eyebrow at, at what a couple of them are like but anyway <laughs> Andrew Gibney um, the uh, the uh, brains behind uh, French Football Weekly another fine country specific football podcast asks is Emmanuel Herrera getting any press over in Argentina scored his first goal for Montpellier this weekend or is it all Ocampos? Well, I think the shrugs that all three of us did on hearing that yep. question say it all. Never heard really. it. No. Um, so the answer to that, Andrew, is no. Uh, at the same time, it's not all Ocampos. Um, yeah, Lucha Lopez was in the news as well yeah. because he scored, I think he missed the penalty and then scored to scored a very smart give Leon a draw. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, he still has a bit of news and I think someone else just moved to Nice as well to join Luciano Monson. I can't remember that. You call him Luciano or something? Yeah. Interesting. I prefer Fabian. Well, you should ask. <laughs> we're, we're not arguing over what his first name is, by the, by the way, listeners. We're just... Um, it's a similar to, uh, Rogelio so. Gabriel. So, no, the, the answer is no. Emmanuel Herrera is not getting any press at all over Argentina. <laughs> I'm hoping we'll win points for our honesty there rather than just doing a quick <laughs> Wikipedia search and yeah. pretending that yeah. we knew like we usually do. I'll, I'll tell you what, when we're answering the next question, I'll look him up on Wikipedia and okay. see what we can say. I'm guessing he's one of these guys that left years ago. And yeah, he's kind of been bouncing around the league, yeah. maybe. Yeah. David Ellershaw asks What's happened to Sirigliano? Three early substitutions in each of Rivers' three games. Uh, I don't know. He, do you think it's the pressure of being linked so much to other clubs? Like, do you think that's getting to him? Potentially, but I, for whatever reason, I mean, he he wasn't particularly great a week and a bit ago against Estudiantes, and I think deserved to be subbed there. Um, and the, the consensus he keeps being substituted for Ariel Rojas, the new uh, guy who, who was signed from Godoy Cruz this weekend, uh, so this weekend, this winter, I mean, so, who's a, a, a similar kind of player in many ways, maybe slightly more defensively solid. Mm. Um, and I think the fact that he those subs at least in the last two rounds have been made whilst River have had a lead probably isn't coincidental Sirigliano of course is is a, a deep line midfielder but he's slightly more an on the ball kind of deep line midfielder um, right. a kind of deep line playmaker almost rather than a, a destructive player which Rojas provides that little bit more defensive Solidity for I think, but I think it's, it's more tactics. Sort of I do think his form has dropped though. Really, so Almeida, at the same time, it's undeniable that he's not played as well yeah. as he did last season. Well, I think Almeida talked a couple of weeks ago. He said when Sidigliano uh, fails with two passes, you know that there's you know you, you draw, it gets your attention because he doesn't yeah, usually. Sure. And I think they were working on uh, apparently they were working on especially in training like precision passing from Sidigliano. I guess plus we have to remember that. You know, he played brilliantly last year, but he was playing in the National B. No, but also he it's played, he played very well in his like. first season because he, he was yeah. he was playing alongside Almeida uh, during the whole of. Uh, I thought Acevedo played more than. 
No, Acevedo was was charging forward from centre back and tanking ridiculous shots <laughs> over the crossbar from forty fucking yards out. Um, Sirigliano has been linked quite heavily with Napoli mm. now because Gargano is moving yeah. to Inter. Even though, again, they're not exactly the same kind of player, but um, that could have something to do with it. it. I do think when these guys get really linked heavily with somewhere else, it must be hard to yeah. concentrate. Yeah. No, I, I suspect he's starting slowly. I think, I think given time, assuming he stays with the river, then if he has the time, he's going he's gonna to grow into the role a bit more. Um, but yeah, for the moment, it's, it's undeniable that his form is dead, at least. Wes Thompson asks, how much dulce de leche do you eat and mate do you drink? Mm. Let's answer this from the three Anglophones' point of view, and then we'll go to Mariano after because he's got a very surprising answer, particularly to the second one. Um, I drink quite a bit of mate and dulce de leche. I will have if it's as part of a uh, a factura, a, a, a pastry croissant. I guess, I guess most people know it as a pastry. Pastry. That's, just, one of, that's one of my favorite English words. Pastry. 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 I could say a similar thing to you like I do drink a lot of mate especially when there's no coffee in the house like I do like mate in the afternoons with a couple of pastries as Sam did as Sam said and dulce de leche it's one of them things I never think of buying on its own if you know what I mean no, exactly. I very rarely buy a pot of dulce de leche even though I love it but yeah I will gobble up a pastry smear it's, in it it's very sweet but at the same time I, I, I drink mate without any sugar I, I can't stand it with sugar but I do like to have it with a really sweet pastry mm. to just the contrasting tastes. Yeah. Well, I do um, like the pastries perhaps a little bit more than the dulce leche because I find like the sweetness can be a bit overpowering. The ones that come with like the crema, like the white, yeah, those the are yellow nice. paste, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Australian <laughs> uh, I don't drink, I hardly drink any mate because... This, this is up to six and a half years in Argentina. Yeah. No, I, 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 I love coffee so if I have a choice I'll always just drink coffee and uh, I think my the thing is uh, the Argentinians I hang, hung out with most were my ex-girlfriend and her family and stuff and they didn't drink it so I just yeah. didn't get into the habit. And Mariano who is Argentine. Uh, I hate mate. I don't like it at all. And it's been 35 years in this country <laughs> and I never liked it. Long term uh, listeners will be interested to hear that the, the previous Argentine on Hunterpod, Seba, um, also can't stand Mate. But this is not normal. We are, we are not normal. No, you're, you're the only two people in Argentina, right. I think, <laughs> for Argentine and Argentine. Yeah, yeah, my family loves it, my wife mm. loves it, but I don't like it. Uh, but also, at the same time, I don't like tea. So it's probably some herbs. I can understand that. You, you, uh, have you been to Britain? No. So you've never had good tea in your life? So. <laughs> no, 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 I never had any tea. <laughs> so, uh, I, oh, I, so this is similar to my dad not liking Indian curry because he's never eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> and what about dulce de leche? Ah, I love dulce de leche. But like you said, we normally don't buy uh, yeah. dulce yeah. de leche. It's hard to avoid it in every single Argentine dessert or pastry. Yeah, or yeah. I, I love it. I love it. But dulce de leche ice cream is possibly right, the best uh, thing in the whole wide world. I was going to ever. say that, you know. Potenio ice cream full stop I would I would say no I'll go even more specific sometimes I'm in the mood for dulce de leche and sometimes <laughs> with the chocolate chips yeah or, yeah. or with the caramel like brownie chips like. if, yeah. if you've not yet been to Buenos Aires and, and are going to be visiting Buenos Aires anytime soon uh, the ice cream is something to put on your to-do list it's so probably the best thing the best thing in yeah, yeah. And, and it's so everybody talks everybody talks there about the football and the wine and the steak no, no, and nobody ever mentions yeah. the ice cream in the guidebook how about the pizza no, 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 you don't like it, right? I like the pizza here. I do. Like I, I like any pizza. What's the deal with the Europeans and Argentinian yeah. pizza? I don't know. I like the pizza. You like it? I can eat okay. it. Uh, I've heard from other people that they don't like it. I think the problem is Argentinians insist that, that Argentinian pizza is the best in the world, and it's, <laughs> it's not. 
It's mean, most, most of the it's time different. it's not bad. Sometimes it is bad. It's, it's very good. thick, very heavy on the cheese, very few ingredients. It's yeah. But it's simple, like you can't beat fugacetta like fugacetta yeah, and pizza is just with along with like, yeah, if I had that and then followed by dulce de leche ice cream for dessert, <laughs> that would be a worthy last You might have a heart attack, but anyway. I'll probably, yeah, it would, probably would be my last meal. Today, <laughs> it would um, be a worthy last meal. Another question from Wes again asks, and this is football related this time, mm-hmm. did anybody notice Ledesma's comical attempt at a scorpion kick against All Boys at the weekend? I can't remember. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I think that we had to had a ball save and. Ledesma saw it that it was going behind uh, him. And yeah, no, yeah. This is Pablo Ledesma who actually finished that match along with a seemingly about half of Boca's first team uh, injured, which is something we've not mentioned yet. They've, they've got an awful lot of players out for certainly for Wednesday evening's composite Americana game with Independiente. Um, they've also got I a didn't number ten, which we didn't mention. But oh, of course, you heard about yeah, this yeah, whole let's, scandal. Let's talk about yeah. this. Yeah, go on. With um, well, basically, uh, Boca started this year obviously because uh, Riquelme is still away well from the club or. He doesn't look like he's coming back. No, no, he's he's a wool. He's he's absent with leave. Owl. They, they, he's not absent without leave because they've given him leave. That they've said he doesn't. Okay, have fair enough. So. Yeah, but it's easier to say a wool than well, <laughs> absent with authorized leave is, is still a It's until until leave, probably. Well, authorized is spelled with an A, so it would be a wool. A wool. Okay, so he's a wool. But that means yeah, so. Boca basically in yeah. their squad list for the season decided not to pick a number 10 something which I think took quite a lot of criticism from Manchilici the president saying like oh we can't retire numbers or anything because we've got loads of stars in Boca and stuff but for the Copa Sudamericana they have to pick a numerical list 1 to 23 say or whatever the squads are mm. so they decided to pick uh, Leandro Paredes who is basically a teenager who's played I think about four or five games in first team for Boca and he's going to be their number 10 and he's of course uh, because it's Riquelme's number it's picked up a bit of press he's um, an 18 year old who's, who played a fair bit of Boca's Copa Argentina mm. I remember seeing him a couple of times very promising for the future very highly rated um, but yeah I mean whether he's going to presumably you would think if they're giving him the number 10 it's because they're going to well it's probably going to ruin his, his career now so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they've already asked him is the jersey going to like weigh you down you know <laughs> and it's like, fuck. And the same company, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> the company is in, in, in Cologne with number 20 of Vichy Fuerte. Of course, yeah. Mm. They are not using it in the league, but they have to use it in Copa Sudamericana. I don't know who. Yeah. The who thing is, the number it, 20 is a slightly less. Yeah, of course, but it's. Significant. I mean, okay, from Okay, okay, let's talk about only book. Actually, I'm trying, <laughs> to think, I'm trying to think actually if uh, Racing picked a, a new number 10 to replace you. I don't think they have got a number 10. Really? Yeah, sure. Well, maybe for the Copa Super Mini Canada, they'll pick, like, I don't know, Saka or something. Then. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, you're right, none of the starting 11 the other day had, had number 10, you're no. right. Um, no, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Presumably, they're going to have one for the, as you say, well, in well, fact, they, they will have one yeah. <laughs> uh, for the Copa Super Mini Canada, at least. <laughs> um, those are all the questions we've had, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there were no, a, 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 a no, I, I Did you? Yeah, no, nobody else has sent any in time. Sure. Ferreira. There was one about Ferreira and yeah. How you missing a couple of us? I don't know. Ah, sorry, right. There's one other one. You're meant to be the technical genius of the lot, so. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, okay, so there's one, one more question from Tom Robinson who asks, how do we think Chucky Ferreira will do at Vélez? We, we mentioned this earlier in passing. Uh, now it's yeah. time to tackle it, get to the meat and vegetables of it. Gentlemen. 
No, I think uh, sort of as related to what I said before, I think he'll I think he'll do very well, and I think he's exactly what they needed. Mm. We, we've talked about Velez before, the way that players will come in who seem to be average at other clubs and do very well at Velez because of the whole setup that they've got there that they enable players to to thrive. Um, and we know that Ferreira is, is a talented young player, and I think he'll he'll do very well. The problem with Velez uh, this semester is the. They are probably depending too much on a couple of young guys, you know, uh, uh, Leone, and the other guy is uh, Ferreira is on the other side. Ferreira was he? No, 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 no. no there are two guys Brian, in midfield. Brian I think it's Ferreira, Ferreira, right? Brian yeah. Ferreira and, and Copetti, like the young Ayone. Colombian. Yeah. Yeah, but they are defend- they're depending too much on them to link to. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, I, don't yeah, is, is it, uh, older, I don't know who is going to lose his place to yeah. Ferreira, uh, to yeah, to Ferreira coming from Banfield because I mean they need Prato, they need yeah. that kind of striker. I don't think Insua is going to lose. His no, and, and also they, I don't they think Pelé stands are too enamoured with Insua like how he's done the first few. No, years. no, no, of course. But then they, they've got Jonathan Copete as well, this Colombian striker who's been coming off yeah, the bench, and right. see, there's a lot of competition there for those. Yeah, but players. the problem is that they need someone to link, you know, yeah, uh, a team with uh, yeah, strikers, totally. and uh, that's why I say I think they depend too much on a couple of young players because mm. Insua doesn't seem like he can do it. No, absolutely, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I'm going to be interested on a semi-related note because Mariano's just mentioned him. See how Aleone gets on this season, especially now that Canteros has gone, which you know was kind of hard to say. And of course, Augusto Fernandez went. Right. Yeah, and, and Zapata. Martinez, yeah, Zapata. Yeah, it's uh, very yeah. Martinez went and indeed scored on his Corinthians debut. Yeah, very nice one. Very nice one. In a derby, no less against Santos. Mm. So well done to him. Yeah. Um, we're now going to go away, play some some mystical theme music and we shall come back and Australian Dan slash Mystic Dan will tell you what to bet your mortgage on this weekend ladies and gents so don't go anywhere Mystic Dan did Pretty well last weekend. Yeah, it was extraordinary. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if like dickheads, Valets had one and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Sunrise and that's it. And that's it. Right. I thought Sunrise yeah, yeah. over. Oh, okay. Well, you can't trust us. Which in a league as unpredictable as Argentina is is more than helpful. I can see already from your piece of paper that you've gone for considerably fewer home wins yeah. than you did last week, Definitely. which actually yeah. is the same. Let me tell you, listeners, that it's great that he brings the predictions in a piece of paper. It's not like he's inventing <laughs> them now. He, he has, yeah, has been done right? in the past, well, yeah, Part of this yeah. is so that I can write them up on the blog side. <laughs> yeah. He's like, not. I'm sure he would just right. He, he yeah, actually thinks about it and writes it. Let's not go crazy. Stretching, stretching yeah. the definition of the phrase thinking about the breaking point there, but uh, yes. Australian dumb, Mystic dumb. No, I'm actually pretty confident about these. I'm looking at 8 or 9 out of 10 this week, I think. So, Didn't you say that last week? No, possibly. <laughs> uh, I got uh, Boca winning away to Union, Tigre winning away to All Boys, uh, Argentinos winning at home to Godoy Cruz, Independiente drawing with Arsenal, Rafaela drawing with Quilmes. I think Quilmes' run is going to come to an end there. Uh, Newell's beating Belgrano away San Martin de San Juan drawing with Vélez River beating San Lorenzo Estudiantes drawing with Colón and Racing winning away to Lanús 
Interesting. I mean, well. Some brave choices there, I must say. Yeah. Some very brave choices. Argentinos to break their winning duck for the Inicial? Yeah. Argentinos got. <laughs> 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 uh, again, it goes back to what, the same as what I was saying before. I, I think, think it's the logic that they have to win sometime. Well, the <laughs> crews haven't impressed me that much, like um, I said before. Okay. Argentinos, I've seen a couple of their games, they've looked pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, Mariano, I don't know how long you've been listening to Underpot before you first came on but um, the, the very first full short, <laughs> short championship that we did this for uh, was the, the Clausura 2011 right. which you may remember Estudiantes won one match and it was the very last one and <laughs> somebody predicted them not to lose a single game every single week they had to win at some he was, writing, he was writing his prediction on a piece of paper back oh, then yeah, just like yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then they're all, they're all recorded on the blog and then we, we did a, a league table as it would have been if all of his predictions had come right at the end of the season so, yeah, so, 12 points up to yeah, like 14 <laughs> points <clearly. laughs> um, so we shall we'll see that this is one thing that's unlikely to dip in quality when Australian does <laughs> no. uh, about the podcast and uh, the predictions well but he's coming from 5 of 10 so it's mm. that's a sub yeah Absolutely. 5 of 10 5 of 10 I think is probably as, as good as either Mystic Dan or, or myself yeah. for my Hong Kong predictions have managed since we've both been doing those two separate gigs <laughs> uh, so it's a very respectable score um, and we shall see what happens this coming weekend um any last words, gentlemen, about any of the matches coming up or uh, anything? The derby, you know. We didn't mention River San Lorenzo, did we? So, well, I'm not Mystic happy. Mystic I think if you two gave your own predictions, that would be nice. Um, I think I said that River was going to be favourites for it as well, purely because San Lorenzo have started in, in such relatively bad form and River have got off to a flyer. Um, plus, the other thing is that one of Tigre's two goals on on Sunday was. Marcelo Barrovero, the goalkeeper, was to blame for it, and I can't really see that happening again. I mean, he looked solid other than for those two seconds when he went up for the ball, missed it, um, defended it, hear his shout or whatever happened. So I think Rivers' defence is strong enough, but the goalkeeper is going to remain superb. He's not become crap just because of that one instance. Yeah. And San Lorenzo have scored far fewer goals as well. Rivers' attack really looks informed so far this season. We've had. Uh, Five goals with four different goal scorers from from three matches, which I think is is very prompt. Sorry, six goals with, from from five different goal scorers um, mm-hmm. in three matches. Whereas San Lorenzo, if I remember rightly, have scored. Okay, sure. I've got the league table here, but yeah, yeah, yeah the the, the, in the first round against okay. so Martin. I think that that difference between attacking strength is, is going to be the difference ultimately. I, I'm not expecting it to be you know a walkover or anything, but I, I think River have got to start as favourites for that game. Well, I'm not happy to play against River now after losing versus Estudiante but I, I think it's going to be a very different game mm. uh, I want to see River playing at home because the only game mm. they play at home yeah. uh, they lost to Belgrano because obviously when they are at the stand they have to attack they leave a lot of open spaces San Lorenzo has decent speed with Jara uh, maybe Role and maybe Piazzi <laughs> You say Strakulosi, but Strakulosi is going to be a more physical challenge to Rivers' defenders. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, not speedy, though. Uh, I'm now trying to remember the name. Oh, but Kara and Piazzi are probably going to play. Um, uh, like I said, I'm not happy that we have to play River now, but I'm not completely 
Agustin Torraza is, is, is the Tigre forward who's almost as small as, as Daniel Michalda oh, right. um, and, and who was he running around for right, next to, right next to Ramiro Funes Mori for most of the match who's enormous uh, and, and the contrast between the two was Tigre have the guy on the bench I forgot his name but he's I think he's the, he must be Tacla what? Tacla he scored, scored the goal no the guy who's like 158 Hanson no, no, no. I think yeah, I think Carrasco. Carrasco, Carrasco, Carrasco. Ah, okay, yeah. He must be the smallest guy in the in the yes, league. Yeah, I think he's the absolute midget. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we'll help. We, we oh. help. Well, you said that uh, the left side of River defense is not good with uh, Ramiro Funes Mori there. Uh, yeah. Maybe Botinelli will play, but Salerno has Farini on that side, so yeah. maybe that's a key. Did Botinelli play mu much at left back for Salerno when he was there? Yeah. Actually, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> like him at all, but mm, he's decent playing center. Sure. Um, so, River San Lorenzo, those are our predictions as well as, as Mystic Dance. Um, and now, we've been recording just about long enough, I think, to say goodbye for this week, ladies and gents. Um, so, from Mariano, first of all, thank you very much for joining us at last. Gracias por invitarme. <laughs> and, and good night um, thank you for inviting me good night uh, from English Dam thank you very much and good night from Australia Dam gracias totales and from me <laughs> good night <laughs>